Hey everyone, good morning. Welcome to the Teach Better Today morning show where the Teach Better team gets to join you live every single morning, Monday through Friday at 7 a.m. Eastern. I am live with a very, very, very familiar face. So this will come to no surprise that Eric Francis is in the house. He has Ooh. been, and I know you, he's been an educational leader for a long time. I know many of you are already connected to him because he's been in the Teach Better world gosh, since the beginning, but we'll be right back to get this conversation started. Good morning. My name is Ray Heward, and we have Eric Francis, who I know many of you are already familiar with. Eric, how are you feeling this morning? I'm doing great, Ray. How are you? Thanks for having me on the show. I've been wanting to do this for a while. I'm loving Teach Better today. You know, I'm a huge fan of all you guys' stuff. Oh, it's so fun. No, and we just logged on, and I was like, hey, we really need to catch up. Let's just do it on the podcast. Like, you know, I want to I want to hear about how things are. So in case um, our friends here are new to the Teach Better family, they're not yet connected with you, do you mind sharing a little bit about who you are, what you do, all that good stuff? All right. You know what's really interesting, Ray? I'm going to start with why I do, because that's kind of the thing I've been doing lately. I've, I've really been, been really basically learning at the altar of Simon Sinek lately for a lot of things. So what I'm going to say my why is, is that I ensure that teaching and learning is standards-based, socially, emotionally supportive, and student responsive, so that the experience is academic and effective for all. That's my why. So how I do it is I provide professional development. Um, I focus on different concepts, depth of knowledge, questioning and inquiry. I'm doing a lot with standards-driven learning. I'm doing a lot with standards alignment. But really what I'm really focusing a lot is how to redefine rigor, not only in this post-pandemic world, but also for the future. And uh, what I do is uh, I write books and I provide professional development to schools and staff. Uh, my company's called Maverick Education, as you know. There's no CM Maverick. If you put a CM Maverick, you'll go to India. Someone took my, you know, URL address. That's been an interesting uh, adventure. And, uh, you know, I, I got a few books out. I got a book coming out next year. And uh, yeah, things are things have been going great. Wonderful. Yeah. For those of you who are connected to Eric already, he's been, you know, kind of a an educational leader for many, many years, doing lots and lots of stuff. Um, specifically in our trainings, we actually quote you quite frequently, Eric, because we talk about the um, DOK examples connected to TV shows and board games. Do you mind sharing a little bit about that DOK uh, kind of like perfect metaphor you provide? I know educators really like that. Oh, sure. Yeah, I have two actually. First is what I call Let's Make a DOK, where I compare it to TV shows. So when you're teaching and learning at DOK1, it's like you're on a game show. So you are the host and your students are the contestants. It's like teaching if you're on Jeopardy or who wants to be a millionaire. All you have to do is answer correctly. A DOK2, I like to say, is like a do-it-yourself video uh, show. Like uh, I compare it to Bob Ross, the Joy Painting with Bob Ross and 30-Minute Meals with Rachel Ray. But the student is the teacher. They're the ones who are supposed to be explaining how they do what they do. Uh, DLK3 is more like a uh, skills-based reality show like Lego Masters or Top Chef. That's where you give them a challenge, you give them a goal, and you say to them that they have this amount of time and they got to use 
their knowledge and thinking to basically complete the goal. And a DOK4 is more like a business reality show. Like uh, you have a kitchen nightmares, I like to say, because that's what's called a wicked problem. You're not going to solve it. You're going to address it, handle it, resolve it, even walk away from it. You're using your expertise to, to handle it. Or it's like The Apprentice. And I want to clarify it's with Martha Stewart, ah. not what it became. Because really The Apprentice, when it was originally designed, it was really interesting and fascinating. But then it became this really cruel show. I really felt it was cruel. Like we saw these idiosyncrasies. It was almost like playing upon, you know, the the uh, the issues that the contestants had. It was like almost like bullying. What a surprise. But, you know, I like to say what's like Martha Stewart, where you get people together, they use their talents, they come together, they fulfill some sort of uh, address, some sort of problem or complete some sort of project. Or it's like Shark Tank, where you have done something innovative and inventive of what you're learning and you've created this new thing. The other thing I have is this thing called doc culture, I call it, DOK culture. So at a DOK one, you're basically teaching your kids to win at Jeopardy. At a DOK two, I say the student becomes a teacher. That's where Padawans become Jedis. And I compare it to how Luke Skywalker learned how to Yoda and then Luke taught uh, Ray. So you want the kids to become Jedis. At a DOK three, I say it's the Hunger Games because what's the answer to Hunger Games? Survive. And that's what you do at a DOK three. Give the kids the answer and ask them, why it's correct or incorrect. Then you got to ask, how could you survive? And what if you had two win instead of one? That's a DOK3. And a DOK4, I say, is like uh, the Avengers uh, Infinity Wars, where basically you take the Infinity Gauntlet, you use your knowledge, snap your fingers, and change the universe with your knowledge and thinking. Mm, so good. For those of you who have been a part of any Teach Better training or taken any of the courses in our academy, Many, 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 many of them that go through any sort of lesson plan design are going through depth of knowledge. So we encourage you all to continue your education in that topic. But Eric, I love these analogies. I think they're easy for educators to understand. And it gives us a perspective of how we can challenge our students to think more deeply about content based on what DOK level we are aiming for, which is outstanding. Thank you. And that's important because there's a lot, you and I have talked about this, you and our, your group has talked, and I have talked about this. There's a lot of miscommunication and misinformation and misunderstanding about DOK. And we know it's a lot of it's because of that DOK wheel. Um, the great thing, and I know you guys saw it, is that Norman Webb has finally come out. There was an article in Edutopia. Everyone needs to go to Edutopia and read the article that Norman Webb wrote about why the DOK wheel is inaccurate. You know, we both know he didn't create it. We both know he doesn't endorse it. But it's really interesting because I'll even share that in my PDs, right? And people are like, yeah, but yeah, yeah, but I, I, you know, it's like almost like I, I just, you just taught them, you know, the earth was round, not flat. And it's kind of funny, Ray, because I don't know how appropriate this is. I say, because I've had teachers and, and leaders say, well, what if our teachers don't want to throw out the DOK wheel. What if they don't accept this? And I said, well, once upon a time, we thought the earth was flat and the sun revolved around the earth. Now we know the truth because Norman Webb, the Galileo of all this has told us what DOK is. So if you're not abandoning this, if you're not throwing it away, then we're just going to call you a flat earther. So <laughs> that's pretty much what I'm saying with it, because this is an inaccurate document. And, and I really think it's hurt a lot of us in education. I think it's hurt our kids because they don't understand the expectations. And it's hurt us educators because we've been trying to teach and learn for depth of knowledge. And we've been not doing it accurately because we were given misinformation. And it's scary because this thing is so false. It's become a truth. 
And it's it's always good for, for educators to continue their, their learning through any topic. So whether it be the DOK wheel or anything else, always challenging ourselves to keeping learners, keep up with what's going on in our field and continue to grow that way with, which Eric, you do a lot of not only work with depth of knowledge, but you've actually written books on lots of different things to support educators in their understanding of being really aligned to their content. Yeah. And, and really what I try to do is, you know, Ray, it would be easy for me to put out like, you know, a thing where I, I just did the DOK levels for every standard, or here's a bunch of questions you can ask, but you know, we, as educators, we have enough tools and we need to start tapping into our instructional talent because we all have instructional talent. I don't want you to teach like me when I come in. I want you to teach like you. I'm going to share with you some strategies. I'm going to share with you the concepts, some ideas, but I really want you to take and I really want you to own it. And that's why that's sometimes what some of the struggle is because, you know, some people, you know, just give me the book, tell me what I need to do. Well, you know, that's not really to me, that's not how I do professional development. You know, you guys have a great tool with the grid method. I love the grid method. I recommend everyone use the grid method with DOK, but they also have to use their instructional talent. You know, they also have to put, fill it out. You know, it, it's like, I can give you Eddie Van Halen's guitar. That doesn't mean you're going to play like Eddie Van Halen. And it doesn't even matter if I put an iPad on it to make it sound like Eddie Van Halen's guitar. You know, you, you still got to play it. Like you're still not going to play like Eddie Van Halen. You got to use your talent. You got to learn. And, and that's what I try to do. And also, I think we also need to question why we're doing how we're doing what we're doing. That's kind of been my question lately and really look at the why behind it. You know what I found is fascinating? You know, Costas's levels of questions, the house of questions. Do you know that was based on an 1886 poem called the three story intellect and actually was Robin Fogarty who came up with it. And then Costas took it and said, this is the house of questions. And it's kind of funny because there's no questions in it. So how can it be a house of questions? So what I created and what I also put in my next book is I'm actually going to put in a house of questions that's actually going to have question stems using the three-story intellect. And I think that's where we need to also tap in our creativity. Why is this what it is? How does it work? And what can I do to make it better? That's the big thing I try to put out in my PD and my books. Mm, so good. We're going to dive into Eric's background, how he got into teaching, and hopefully give you guys some good takeaways as you head into your day today. So we'll be right back. Teach Better Today morning show. Eric Francis is with us. Eric has been in education for quite some time and continues to provide educators with professional development support. But he did a lot even before he was writing books and traveling around talking about DOK. Eric, tell us how you got into education. Well, it was actually a second career. Um, I originally wanted to be a filmmaker and screenwriter. 
Um, in fact, I did work in the film industry before I became a teacher. Um, what does this say that I left the film industry to become a teacher? Actually, to tell you the truth, my first teaching job paid me better than I got paid when I worked in the film industry. So I, you know, I went and got my degree in uh, film and television production management, my master's. Uh, my undergrad was from SUNY Albany in uh, rhetoric and English and communication. And then I went to uh, Syracuse for grad school. And I spent about two years in the early 90s um, working in the film industry. And I didn't like it. And I decided to go change my careers. You know, I thought about what I want to do. I like kids. You know, I like standing in front of people and talking and sharing. So, I, you know, I decided to become a teacher. And from there, you know, went the route, teacher, site administrator. You know, I didn't like being a site administrator because, you know, I wanted to be an instructional leader. And I felt like I was everything but. Um, I was a disciplinarian. I was a, a you know, family psychologist. I was an accountant. I was a politician. So I kind of left that. And then I worked for the State Department here in Arizona, where, boy, I learned a lot. I learned a lot about policy, law, school finance. And it's really interesting, right? Because, you know, when we work in schools, we look up at the district office. When you look at the State Department, now you're looking down. And, you know, you it was just such a different dynamic. And then 2012, people started saying, you know, you should go and consult. And, you know, you do this, you know, it's scary. You know, when we have, you know, that anchor job, we got retirement, we got paid every two weeks and everything. So I got an anchor job at a local charter out here in Arizona and I consulted on the side and it kind of went like this. And that's when I started doing it full time in 2012. And around 2016, I started writing books. And, you know, before that I started presenting at conferences. That's how I kind of got my name out there. That's how I got noticed and asked to write a book. And, you know, knock on wood, I've been now doing this for um, it's going to be going on about 12, 13 years, you know, in February. So I, I'm, I'm blessed that, you know, people still want to listen to me and learn from me. And I'm blessed that I can still do this and do this into uh, the twilight of my career, which is probably going to be in another, you know, 10 years or so. You know, we have a lot of people in our community who are eager to try different things outside of teaching as a, you know, as a side project, as a hobby, writing a book is definitely one of them. Can you give us some strategies, some ideas, tips or tricks if we have educators listening that want to write a blog, want to write a book, maybe have this bucket list goal? I mean, you've clearly written a few. What's the, what's the secret? You know, I think the big secret, Ray, is that this is not um the solution like don't do it because you think this is going to solve all your problems um this is going to you know make more money for you that's not the reason why we do this and again like i go back to that why and i really think you need to think about why you want to do this what's your reasoning what's your purpose and it's not about reasons because reasons are basically what you think what you feel and it's not about result, what you get from it. It's your reasoning. The big thing I, 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 when I talk to people about this is that I ask people, okay, what's not out there? And what do people need? What do students need? And what do teachers want? And that's two different things. Because it's not about what teachers need. It's about what teachers want. It's what the students need. And I think that's one thing you need to think about. What, it, what is it that students need and what is it that teachers want? The other thing is basically what I also hear is, you know, everything's been said. Everything's been written. Not exactly. What's not been said? What's not been written? How can you make it better? 
look, I'm the first to admit, I didn't invent DOK. Norman Webb did. And Karen has took it to the next level. She turned it into a measure of cognitive rigor from Webb's work, which was making DOK a criteria for alignment studies. What I did with it is I turned it into a method and model for teaching and learning. I made it a multi-tiered system of support. Why? Because that's what students needed and that's what teachers wanted. That's what they wanted with depth of knowledge. You know, with the good questioning, where did I get that from? Essential questions. Why? Because what's an essential question? What do we mean by essential questions? McTighe and Wiggins say this. Larmer says this for project-based learning. Ted Sizer came up with it and said it's this. So everyone's confused. But students need to know what it means to address essential questions. And teachers want to know, how do I know that question is really an essential question? So that's what I would really say. And really just start applying to conferences. You know, the thing that's better with than you and me is that we're not in the schools anymore. So we sometimes have to pay out of pocket to present at these conferences. They can basically go and go and not only attend, but present and showcase the great stuff that they're doing at their schools. And that's what conferences always want. They always want practitioners, people who are in the classroom, people who can speak that this is what I'm doing. You'll start to get business cards. You'll start to get, hey, could you bring this to my school? But I think again, Ray, the big thing is, and I think you and I, we've learned this. We've known each other for years. It's not what we want out of it and what we get out of it. It's it's more so why we're doing this. And it's our purpose. I really think everyone needs to consider why do you want to go into this? Because, you know, they see you and me on a planes. They see you and me going to these places. They don't see the delays we got to go through on the planes. They don't see, you know, the rental car place when, you know, the car we want is not in there. We don't see the hotel that we're in. You know, sometimes what we have to eat, you know, we get in someplace. The only place open is a fast food place. You know, why do you want to do this? I think really that's the big thing. Know your why, find your why, and then, that's how you'll find how you do what you do. So good. I want to encourage everyone here to stay connected to Eric to gain more resources and insight. Eric, do you mind sharing how your our Teach Better family can stay connected to you? Sure. You can go to my website, Maverick, M-A-V-E-R-I-K, no see a Maverick. Again, I'll take you to India. M-A-V-E-R-I-K, education.com. I'm also on Twitter or X. I don't know what we're calling it these days. Um, at Maverick, M-A-V-E-R-I-K-E-D-U-1-2. And you can email me at Eric, E-R-I-K, at Maverick, M-A-V-E-R-I-K, education.com. In fact, if you go there, there, I put a chat bot on my page where you can text me. You can be in the middle of class and you can say, hey, I want to ask a good question or, hey, you know, what would be a DOK3 for this? And I'll respond. It goes right to my phone. So I'm always staying connected. You can even also schedule time where you and I can do a one-on-one -on -one or I can work with your group on, on something uh, that you can schedule on Calendly. Love it. For everyone, if you have any issue connecting with Eric, please just feel free to reach out to anybody on the Teach Better team. We we know him. We have a cell phone number. Happy to, to make that connection for anyone needed. We hope you have an amazing day ahead. This is going to be a wonderful morning. We can already sense it and we'll see you soon. Have a good day, guys. Hey, Teach Better community. Thank you so much for joining the Teach Better Today morning show every single weekday at 7 a.m. Eastern. We have so many resources for you outside of this live stream at teachbetter.com, including blogs, podcasts, and professional development that will bring our team to your school. 
Wherever you are listening from this morning, please make sure you are sharing and celebrating the incredible educators in this world. And hey, if you are listening over on a podcast to Teach Better Talk, we would love a five-star review. (laughs) The comments are always so entertaining. (laughs) We'll see you tomorrow. Thank <laughs> you.